What is up, Reborn listeners? Thank you so much for joining me once again on the Reborn podcast. Dr. Jen Fibrani is widely recognized as one of the world's top physical therapy influencers with nearly 700,000 followers and coverage in major outlets, including Shape Magazine, Self Magazine, Men's Fitness, Muscle and Fitness, CBS, The Rise Podcast, and more. Today, she offers private sports therapy as well as online programs and workshops, global speaking events, and more. She is also the creator of The Mobility Method and the co-host of the Optimal Body Podcast and a member of Women's Health Magazine Advisory Board. What is up, Jen? Welcome to the Reborn Podcast. I'm so excited to have you on the show today. Um, can you just start out like telling the listeners a little bit about yourself, where you're located, um, your background, and some of the specifics about what you do? Sure. Well, honored to be here. So thank you for having me. Um, I'm actually a little bit of a nomad right now. My husband and I just got married in May and we put all our stuff in storage in Southern California. We lived in Marina Del Rey, so like LA area. And we've just been traveling. So right now we're in Hawaii, in Kauai, which is beautiful and amazing, staying with beautiful friends. Um, (laughs) But outside of that, Southern California is home base. I am a doctor of physical therapy, as is my husband, actually. And somehow along the journey, I started an Instagram and that... (laughs) has taken off to the point that it is today and allowed me to reach so many more people and help people into their body. So I don't just work with people in person. I still do a little bit, but I also have my online programs, membership, everything to help people move and hopefully really pain on their own without me having to put my hands on them. So I saw that. Have you, have, have you noticed since, especially since the pandemic that you're reaching a lot more people just via the, you know, the interwebs and being able to help them that way instead of in person? Oh yeah. And I'm glad that I was already doing that pre pandemic because I had an introduction of like, okay, let me see how I can even expand this even more. But yeah, I mean, I think the one good thing that kind of transformed and was forced to come out of that being in a pandemic state was that you had to kind of learn on your own and you couldn't necessarily rely on someone in person. And I think that's so great because we, we have all the tools on ourselves, and it's just up to someone else to facilitate that pathway. And so that's what I've always said. I am. I'm a physical therapist who facilitates the way I'm not a physical therapist who fixes you because that's not a thing. (laughs) Love that. So Jen, it's so awesome to have you and congratulations again on this next chapter. I I think it's incredible and super exciting um, as somebody who is tasked with living on an airplane nine times out of 10 in my everyday life. It has its, uh, its pros and cons. Talk to us a little bit just about the journey of social media, um, because I think both you and Ashley, um, you have a very respected and engaged community, which is a gift in a lot of ways. Like building a hyper dedicated audience um, can be a massive gift, but it can also come with many disadvantages as well. Talk to us just a little bit about your career path and, and kind of how it's evolved into this world of social media and where it continues to take you today. Yeah, it was kind of crazy. I was actually it was when I was in grad school to become a physical therapist that it kind of started to evolve. 
I would post my workouts outside and tag to the calisthenic community because that's what I saw people were doing. And so I started tagging them in some of my outdoor workouts and my, I, I was a gymnast in a past life. And so I love to maintain my strength and everything. And they reached out one of them who had a rather large following at the time, what, like seven years ago. So progressive calisthenics and he had like 300,000. And at the time I was like, Oh my God, someone with 300,000 was reaching out to me. And so ended up meeting up with the guys down in Venice beach and they were all so awesome. So amazing. Open people who just built this incredible community of movers who just wanted to like help each other and learn cool skills. And so from there, I actually started to grow following because he started to post me and share me within the community. And at that point I was like, Oh, I guess I just do handstands and (laughs) calisthenic stuff. And eventually, once I graduated uh, with physical therapy, I changed my handle to DocGenFit, and I wanted people to understand that I had more to offer rather than just what I could do with my body, but what you could learn with yours. And it was a scary risk at first because coming out of physical therapy school and feeling like I still don't know enough, I'm still a new grad. I had a lot of imposter syndrome. I had physical therapists, chiropractors that I respected and who were following me. And I just didn't want to be that person who's putting out something stupid. But what I said to myself at the time, and I still do to this day, is that, you know what, my information can change and that's okay because I can evolve. And so what I post right now doesn't have to be true, you know, five years later, it's just what I know to be true right now. And if I can help someone think a little bit different into their body and start to explore, why not? And so I just started Mm -hmm. to take that approach and, and I started sharing educational information and that grew way more than any of my cool handstand things or calisthenic stuff. I want to, I want to just kind of, uh, cut in for a second. Um, if I may, do you find, uh, and cause it's very similar to my journey in the beginning, just, I was an athlete my whole life. And then I got into, um, I wanted to get into to fitness modeling and I, I was so afraid of in, in the beginning too, whenever I started, I was like, Oh, this is, I, I felt like I had to fit inside this box of, of what a fitness model should be like. And, um, I'm sure it was the same for you. Like you, you know, wanted you, you identify with that and you think in order to be successful or everybody else is doing this and you think that this is how you have to be, or, or these are your limitations. Yeah. And for myself personally, it's, and it seems like you did the exact same thing. The moment that I, uh, I kind of just put my blinders on and I didn't want to be like everybody else. I, you know, I, I didn't try to fit this perfect mold of what a cover model should be like. I was like, I want to have the tattoos. I want to have the grit and the badassery that I, I really was just, it was just, I, it was just coming out everywhere. And I was trying to be just this glamorous model. And I was like, this doesn't, this didn't fit me. (laughs) Did you feel like whenever you, uh, basically you, you, you know, the social norms of what you thought a physical therapist should be. Did you, is that when you just flourished as an individual, like personally and professionally? Yeah, it was pretty crazy. I can remember still being in our quote unquote business class of physical therapy toward the end, which was not business. And, and I had met a chiropractor at the time who was doing her own thing. And I saw her working on patients and bringing her table, some like to people's homes and, 
she held what looked to me like a physical therapy session. And I was like, you're doing my job, but you're doing it on your own and you're not working in a clinic or under someone else. And I was like, that's very interesting. And so I brought that to the attention of our class. And I said, well, would it be possible now we have direct access? And this bill had just been passed when I was graduating, which means a if someone is in pain in California, they don't have to go to a physician first and get a script for physical therapy. You can go straight to a physical therapist. So I said, well, now that we have direct access for clients, can't we do like what this chiropractor is doing and, and bring a table and our tools and go to people's homes and, and build our own schedule. And they said, no, no, that would never work. And I'm like, I'm sitting in a room of 60 something people. And you're telling me that this will never work. Like that's not possible. And it blew my mind. So at that point I was like, okay, what can I do to, to see if this is possible? So I still got into the, you know, a, a typical outpatient job, a typical private clinic. But then on the side in physical therapy school, I actually bought a table and on the side, I went to a CrossFit gym and asked if they had a physical therapist that they worked with, with their clients or anything like that. And so then they hadn't at the time. So I said, well, you know, two days a week, I could bring my table, leave some cards and, and work on people who might need more help. And so I wasn't trying to take from the clinic or anything. I was trying to build my own thing and see, would this be possible? And eventually I quit my clinic job because it was possible (laughs) and I was doing my own thing and building my own clientele on my own, doing it the way I wanted it to look. And then eventually, you know, it wasn't even long after that, that I realized, you know, I'm teaching on social media, but social media changes all the time. Who's seeing my posts? Who's actually getting helped from it? And and is it really making that big of an impact? So that's when I was like, well, let me just launch an online program. I don't have an email list. I have no idea what I'm doing online, but let me just try it. And that's when I just, you know, I continued to see what's missing and what's not working. And let me see if it could, if I can help in that way. And mm-hmm. that's what I did. Yeah. I so Jen, how are, how are some of your methods different from other physical therapists? Because uh, I'll be honest, I, I've been following you for, for quite a long time. And uh, we were joking about it. Um, even in the intro of the show, like I'm a 30, almost 34 year old. Oh my gosh. Um, beer league men's hockey player that spends a lot of his time hunched over at a computer like this on a phone like this, and just going through the motions of being on an airplane and just completely distorted and having my back just completely messed up. Hockey players traditionally have great posture, but when you look at someone like me, you're like, dude, you're so far from it. You must be the water boy. So I I've always just been very fascinated by your education because I actually take a lot of ways in terms of like breaking in the middle of the day and doing some of the stretches and exercises I take from a lot of your content. And that that's a, that's no pitch. That's hundred percent authentic for the audience here. So I'm just curious in terms of how your methods are different. Could you just explain a little bit more? Like how, how are you, like you said, like, again, you sat in that room with 60 people and people were saying no in that moment, you probably had to immediately begin thinking there's alternatives. There's got to be creativity. So how does that to this day go into your teachings and learnings for the content or even the conversations that you're having with clients day in and day out? Yeah. What I saw at the clinic, which was so interesting, and I and I picked a clinic purposely. One, it was close. It was in Santa Monica, and that's where I wanted to be. But two, it had mentorship. So one of the oldest um, physical therapists that was there, he was he would host like 
weekly meetings and we can ask questions and we can, and he would provide some mentorship. And I really wanted that. However, as smart as he was, and as much as he would help with us in any of our questions, what he did with his clients was the same two exercises for anyone involved in upper body stuff, the same two exercises for anyone involved in lower body stuff. And I was just like, and, and then just a lot of passive treatment and, and it blew my mind. And I'm just like, I feel like you've given up because at this point, if people are coming in time after time and barely moving and it's more passive and talking and like social hour, (laughs) what are they actually doing? And it just, it made me really sad too. And so I, and I didn't want to be in that environment of consistently seeing passive treatment and passive treatment means someone's working on you. Right. And the, the client isn't doing a lot on their own. And as much as we had aids and we had exercises, I wanted to be doing the exercises with my clients. I didn't want to pass them off. I wanted to see how they're moving. That's the most important part. And and passive, a lot of it is electrical stim, sit with a hot pack, get an ultrasound, get laser. And I'm not going to say that these are bad. However, the evidence behind them isn't strong enough to actually use that full hour and have your, your patient sit there and just do that. And so it really frustrated me. And, and I also, I'm a little different of a physical therapist as well in terms of like, I don't think that your diagnosis and me telling you exactly what the diagnosis is, is going to be the most pertinent part of your treatment and, and the way that you heal. And I, and I disagree wholeheartedly with a lot of clinicians that just like, well, we need to know the exact diagnosis. We need to tell them, but why? The diagnosis merely tells you what your symptoms are having. And it merely confirms, and I get that some people need that. Like, I need to know that I'm not crazy, right? Like, I'm feeling this pain, totally. However, it's it's everything that's involved. It's your stress levels. It's your day-to-day, like what you said, sitting at your desk, working on a phone. Like, I need to know what's happening in your day-to-day because the hour that you have with me doing your exercises isn't going to make a huge impact. But what you're doing in your day, what your stress levels are, what you're intaking for food, how your sleep is, what your community is like, do you have support? You know, like all of this has to play a role. And once I started to get my own clients, I had people crying on my tables. I had people releasing emotions in different ways. And I'm like, this, this is what I want to be doing. You know, this is how I want to be impacting and helping people. And you just, it's hard to do that in a clinic that's constant turnover. It's hard to do it when there's other people around you. You don't want to be vulnerable enough to like emote or cry. So it just, I would say for me as a physical therapist, I'm I'm really wanting to look at you as a whole human. And though I provide exercises and I provide feedback into your body, I want you to tell me what you feel. I'm not going to tell you what you feel. I'm not going to tell you what's best. You're going to tell me based on how you're moving, based on what you're feeling in your body. And we're going to work together in order to find a solution that works for you. Yeah. So um, it's an 11 on a scale of one to 10 right now. My stress levels, my anxiety, um, dealing with people like Ashley. Um, just tell me when to stop and how much you need to bill me. I'm down. Like we're good. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> I think we can't hear you, Andrew. It's getting really staticky. Brian, let's cut him out. Mm-hmm. 
Today's episode of Reborn is brought to you by Manscaped. If you've listened for a while, you know that I'm a huge fan of Manscaped and their new performance package 4.0 bundle, which is the world's first all-in-one men's grooming kit that makes trimming the hedges safe and easy. By now you know Manscaped offers the best trimmers and liquid products on the market designed specifically for men. I personally love how the Manscaped products smell, and that's why I'm so excited to hear they just launched a new signature cologne scent, which is the perfect complement to any Manscaped man. Introducing the new refined cologne signature scent by Manscaped. Their body wash smelled so good, and it's extremely distinctive uh, on the scent of the body wash, so this cologne is just like the body wash. Um, just like all the liquid products and deodorant and Manscaped, collection, the new refined cologne is that subtle but masculine scent. The cologne is a light, approachable, and gentlemanly in all the right ways. Calming and inviting, this signature scent introduces a light citrus burst before settling into the anchoring notes of vetiver and a woodsy, masculine finish. It's not overpowering, but it keeps that all-day masculine scent around even after you've put away your Manscaped kit. The 50-milliliter spray cologne is hypoallergenic, cruelty-free, dye-free, paraben-free, and it's 100% vegan. This cologne makes for the perfect gift for your boyfriend, your husband, your dad, whatever. Right in time for the holidays too. So be sure to get your man what he really wants this year. Go to manscaped.com and be sure to check out the new refined cologne as well as their new performance package 4.0 kit, which includes the lawnmower 4.0 electric body trimmer, the weed whacker, nose trimmer, the crop preserver, ball deodorant, and a ton of other products designed specifically for men. When you visit manscaped.com forward slash Ashley, you'll get a special 20% off coupon applied directly to your cart, plus free international shipping and two free gifts. For a limited time, you can get the Shed Luxury Travel Bag and the Manscaped Anti-Chafing Boxer Briefs with your purchase. Again, that's manscaped.com forward slash Ashley for 20% off plus free shipping plus two free gifts. Your balls and your body will thank you. I do have a, a question. Um, I want to go back to that moment of you in a room full of all of your peers, right? People going down the same path. And you had your instructor. Uh, to me, that is such a powerful, powerful moment for you. Like that conversation and you uh, being vulnerable enough to explore that area and, and put yourself out there and then for it to just be shut down yeah, like that. I want to know, I want to know, it, how long ago was that, by the mm, way? That was in 2015, I believe. Yeah. Okay. All right. So not that, not that long ago. Did you, did you feel yourself at all kind of retract and second guess or, uh, you know, like even tell yourself, Oh, like, you know, because if he's your instructor, you're obviously looking up to him. He's a mentor and he's teaching all of these students going through the program. Um, how can you kind of describe how you felt in that, in that moment? Um, and then, what was it inside of you 
Because for me, I know it's like if somebody basically tells me no, I'm be like, yeah, okay. I'm like, yeah, watch me, (laughs) you know, and I'm going to, you know, shut the computer or walk out the door after class and I'm going to go out there and I'm going to show everybody and prove everybody wrong. I just kind of, can you give the listeners a little bit of like a, how you were feeling emotionally and, and you took a chance, you took a big chance. And I I believe that you probably felt something and, and your intuition was telling you to go forward that you did believe that this could work. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, for sure. Well, I think, you know, it's interesting. I, have always said to myself, like business that's over my head. I'll always work for someone else. Like I had that mentality coming into physical therapy school. I never thought I wanted to open my own clinic because I thought that's what business had to look like was opening an entire clinic and having, you know, the whole thing. And so I always was just like, nah, that's not ever going to be me. But in any aspect, I never thought that I would work for myself. And so even though I got that answer, I think what was so incredible was that I had an example that it is possible. And I think that is really powerful. If I didn't have an example of someone doing it on their own and showing me what it can look like, I might've fully retreated and said, okay, maybe this isn't possible. Cause I already had that self-doubt in myself that I'm not a business person. I don't know what I'm doing. So why would I go out and take that chance? But I think having that example and seeing that possibility that it could happen. I still did the safe route. I still went into a job. I still had the insurance and the whole thing, you know, and on the side, because I had days where I worked from 6.30 to 3.30. And so on my 3.30, when I was off at 3.30, then I would head to the CrossFit gym. So people also have to realize like I'm working full-time, then going on top of that and, and, trying to see if I could build my own thing and then also still building social media because I yeah. love it and people were getting help from it. Did you, did you think though, I, I think this is really important too. Like you probably, you had to be open to the possibilities of how things could be different. Yeah. Right. Because oh, you're 100%. basically, you, you're, you're in, in a sense, you're re, you're rewriting the, the manuscript of, of what a physical therapist how they are defined and what your limitations are and how many people you can reach. And it's outside of people just in your physical location and community. Like you are reaching people like abroad and beyond yeah. and miles, hundreds and thousands of miles away. But I think first it starts with you, the person, Jen, where you had to be open to the idea and the possibilities of what this would mm-hmm. look like if you did something completely different than Mm -hmm. what, you know, uh, your instructor is telling you that you can't do or that the classmates are, you know, probably like, wow, she's crazy. Yeah. Um, how was it received in the physical therapy community of, of what you were doing? Is it like received really well, or do you get any backlash for that? Totally. Um, yes. (laughs) At first I feel like it was received really well when I started to build this. Well, they're probably just jealous. They're like, how is this girl? Like now she's like, she's like traveling the world and she's still successful. And you know, it's, it's because they doubted you. That's why. And they didn't think that you could do it. even, Even people who are building their own thing now, you know, and it's, it's so 
ridiculous to me that physical therapists waste their energy and time disagreeing and arguing with other physical therapists when it's like, yeah. hey, guess what? We're all we're on the same team. Exactly. Yeah. What the hell yeah. are you doing? We're trying to help you. Yeah, we're on the same team, guys. <laughs> it, it's so ridiculous. And like, I think Kelly Surratt had to take a lot of the, the heat for this because he was kind of one of the first physical therapists to go out into the world and say, hey, I'm going to do something completely different. And he really helped pave the way. And I appreciate him so much. And Will I agree with everything he says in every way that he does? No, but I don't need to. I mean, you walk into a physical therapy clinic and almost every physical therapist there will be doing something different with clients. And, you know, they'll get someone else's chart and be like, oh, I don't know what they're really doing. Maybe we could try something different. Like in a physical therapy clinic itself, just one, there'll be four or five physical therapists who are doing something different. The difference is I'm putting myself out there and showing what I'm doing. So now I'm receiving all the feedback of like, nope, that's not how I would do it. That's not how I would say it. That's not what I think. And it's, it's just like, well, guess what? Well, for me, I'm like, well, great. I'm not talking to you. (laughs) I'm talking to the general population. And whether you agree with me or not, I don't really care. I hope that we could find common ground and like, let's chat it out. And I always do this. Like if someone comes to me and they're like, I don't know about this. I'm like, cool, let's talk about it. Let's share research. Like I'm open to it. I'm open to learning. I'm not open to drama on my page. I'm not Mm -hmm. open to like having Mm -hmm. a fight with you or calling you out. I, right. don't, I don't think we need to rise above by calling other people out and making them small. And yeah. physical therapists do that. Yeah. Yeah. It's too, it's too bad. I think you're, you find that no matter what industry you're in, I yeah. mean, you know, and, and, and back to kind of like the, you know, the, you helping a client come in or a patient It's the same thing with like diet, uh, nutrition and working out like just because, it's different for everybody. There's no cookie cutter recipe. And I think that, um, I love how you said just, you have to be open to different possibilities of, of what can work or or what can't, because at the end of the day, like, especially with a doctor and a patient, you guys have one goal and that is to fix a problem. And maybe that is exploring different options and saying, well, you know, your biceps hurt. Well, maybe it's in your wrist and it's not in your bicep, you know? And I don't know. I don't really know what I'm talking about because I don't know anything about that (laughs) world, but I just, I just threw it out there. Um, but it's just, you know, you have to be open to exploring and yeah, it's just, I think you find that like within any community. So yeah, it's true. And it's, it, it's not getting bogged down by it. And luckily I, I have still built really incredible relationships online and, you know, if people want to waste their energy trying to tear me down or something, that's what they're choosing to do. And that's not what I need to involve myself in. And I just get to keep telling myself that and redirecting who am I talking to? Because truly, and I think this is what a lot of physical therapists sometimes get wrong on social media is they're trying to impress their colleagues and their other clinicians so much that they're talking so high level, you're going to lose the people you're actually trying to help. You're going to lose the general population because they have no idea what you're saying. (laughs) You're speaking in terms that they don't understand. Like they don't even know flexion, extension, you know? So let's, let's talk down, not down, but let's talk at a level and meet people where they're at in order to start to help them. And that's what I'm always trying to do. So a lot of people might not understand that. And that's when I say it's not for them to understand. It's for me to continue to say, how am I helping people and what are they receiving and how can I adjust and continue to, to make it most relevant for people to understand. 
I love that. You you speak a lot about communication and that importance. And I think that's been a relevant difference maker for you, Jen. But obviously we're still on the back end, hopefully, uh, of a global pandemic. And mental health is obviously topic, you know, number one, two or three, however you rate it right now in a lot of people's mind. How much has mental health played into even the physical element of what you're doing and the strength of communicate, like you as a communicator, how much has that been able to play into your, to your coaching and your teachings with your clients? Because from where I sit, I think, you know, mental health and the struggles that people are going through, not everybody wants to hear from somebody that's overly positive, you know, from their end of the Mm -hmm. spectrum, if they're going through stuff, they want to hear from somebody that balances the realm of logic with optimism. And, you know, I, I always say logic and optimism. I don't like saying pessimism or pessimism or anything like that. So, I mean, talk to me just a little bit about like what you've encountered with, you know, clients and going through that mental health exercise in your coaching. Yeah. So I usually approach that from like, let's, let's see what your breath is doing. Let's just find out what's happening because that will tell me a lot of what you're holding within the body. And some people, like I've had clients who like just start crying. They're like, I have no idea why I'm crying. Like, this is not, I, I don't like, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> and I'm just like, your body is finally like uh, relaxed. And so often I will, that's one of the first things that I'm working with people is that we don't even understand how much tension we hold in our bodies on a continual basis. We think we're relaxed and yet we're not. And I'll have people on my, my table and, and and I'm saying, relax. And I lift their arm. And if it stays there, that's not relaxed, right? It should flop back down to the floor or to their body. And so the fact that, you know, you have to teach someone even to become aware of what they're holding within the body before you can even start to get anywhere. And that's really where I start of like, okay, we're not necessarily going to talk about the, the mental health aspect right now, or we're not going to talk about what you might be feeling we're just going to explore the breath, see what happens. And a lot of times that will unlock things for people that they have no idea even like they're holding on to, or maybe overly pain that they're like, what? I was like, how did this little breath thing all of a sudden relieve my back pain of five years? And so getting people to just feel something different within their body is the primary place that I start because how are we going to build strength? How are we going to improve mobility? How are we going to do anything if I don't even know where your baseline is or you don't even know where your baseline is? Jen, I just started uh, counting my breaths, <laughs> my inhale and exhale. So you talking about breathing. <laughs> I love it. I just want you to know that. I love and then it. I realized I was, yeah, it's so true though. It's I think so you're, true. I think you're a lot more than a uh, physical therapist. <laughs> I hope that this is what a physical therapist could be. You know, it's like, yeah, we're just, uh, I, yeah, I don't know. I've never, yeah, I've never associated breathing with physical therapy, Yeah, I, but it makes sense. Yeah. And what's crazy is like in school, we learn breath for, for patients in a hospital or who come back from, you know, lung surgery or something, but we don't necessarily equate it to everyday people just having pain in their body, but it's everything. It's literally everything. Where are you breathing from? If you're breathing from your chest, that's an automatic sympathetic response. If, if this, if you, if when someone tells you to relax and the first thing you do is take a breath in, your shoulders rise up to your ears, then you're telling me you're in your sympathetic, like a deep breath for relaxing should be expanding from the rib cage and relaxing the shoulders. Nothing should move in the neck. And I've had clients before 
where we have to sit in front of a mirror because they have no idea that their neck turns on every single breath that they take. So that means that, and this is where I tell people, breathe in front of a mirror, just see what's happening in the body because it'll be fascinating when you see. It's it's more than just like hand on the chest, hand on the belly because it's not just about pushing the belly in and out. It's actually about not getting the neck and the shoulders to turn on so much and actually allowing the rib cage to expand, which doesn't just mean belly. It means the entire 360 pattern that's happening down below the chest. So it's, it's fascinating to get people to actually like come back to like, okay, let's just see what's happening in the body. And you tell me what you're feeling. You tell me what you're saying. And then let's equate that to what, what could be happening in the body and the stress and the tension that you could be holding onto that of course is going to drive more pain. Oh, that's really interesting. I, (laughs) what is, what is, what is your favorite thing about what you do? What do you love most about your job? Can you, I, is there, is, could you like, I don't know, one sentence or one specific thing or area? Could, can you pinpoint that? Teaching others about their own body. A hundred percent. Like when they have an aha moment of something that they're either the way they're moving, breathing, experiencing, feeling like, and they have that like, oh my gosh, I just learned that about my body. Oh my gosh, I didn't know that. Or now I can take this and, and run with it in so many other areas. That's everything. Hmm. What's next for you? What do you have in the, in the works? Um, do you have a book? I feel like you should have a book. You have a book? <laughs> yes, say yes. I've been ri- trying to write a book forever, but it's like, <laughs> there's so many other projects. I'm like, oh. Oh, yeah. I know how that is. <laughs> exactly. So <laughs> yes, a book eventually will come into the works somehow. Um, but right now we're focused on an app and So we're trying to redirect the way that people can experience coming in, what they're feeling in their body and how they're redirected into uh, what they could do for their body in all different aspects and all different ways and actually take these pieces and be able to implement them on a daily basis. Because I think the implementation process can get overwhelming as well, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it definitely can. Yeah. Um, how, How long are you planning on traveling for? We end like mid to late November and then we'll okay. be back. So you have California. a travel schedule? We do. <laughs> you do? That's amazing. Are you going to come out to the East Coast at all? Uh, yeah, actually. In October, oh, yeah. we'll, be, hmm. we'll be headed to Boston and then we go, we're going to go travel up the Northeast. To are you going to stop, stop by Virginia Beach? That's where I'm from. Oh, sure. Why not? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'd love that. I have a whole gym and everything and we could oh, like do a training and yeah. And we have a, I have a coffee whiskey bar here. It's a restaurant, uh, oh, on, yes. in Virginia beach. So I'm in, yeah, you would definitely like, I would love it if you stopped by and we could do some social media stuff and educate yeah. others in real time. That'd be so rad. I would love uh, that. Are you, are you traveling in like a traveling van or what do you guys have like a little van? No, my, no. my husband wishes that we did, but oh, yeah. <laughs> those are hard to get right now. I know. Well, we flew to, <laughs> to Hawaii and we've been in kind of visiting family and friends in different, um, islands here. So awesome. No van well, you, that. you let me know, you let me know if you guys happen to stop in Virginia beach and, I will. Uh, and I'll definitely, I have some places that can, we can hang out together and work That'd out. That'd be so fun. Um, I want to ask you one final question in closing, uh, and that is with everything that you're doing and, and the story that you are writing right now for yourself and the education that you're putting out and the lives that you are changing, what is the legacy that 
Jen wants to leave behind? um, I really just hope that I can impact people in a way that changes their idea, one, of what physical therapy is, because it's not just hands-on, and two, what what is possible within their body. Because when we talk about, you know, the possibilities and like me even, oh, let me see what's possible of working on my own. Well, I hope that, you know, I can trickle out that it's possible to feel something different and you don't have to live like this forever. I love that. Thank you so much, Jen, for coming on the show and have fun out there in Hawaii, Kauai, wherever you are and you're traveling and congratulations on uh, your recent marriage and just soak it up, girl, and keep doing everything that you're doing and educating and stuff. We need more people out there like you. So uh, congratulations on everything that you've accomplished. And it seems like you're just uh, now hitting the surface of of what you're going to achieve and everything that you're going to be about. So. Thank I love it. So I absolutely love it. Yeah. I appreciate you too. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for joining us on today's reborn podcast, having Jen, she is so inspiring and it just, I, I love, and I really want to highlight what she said about, uh, she paved her own path. And when nobody thought it was possible for, uh, her, a young physical therapist going through school in a classroom full of her peers, uh, you know, and, and she, she knew that something could be different. She knew that there was a way to be able to get out the information, uh, in a different format, in a different way, and for it to still be perceived and um, used and can help people from all over the world. Uh, so just because you are used to doing something a certain way or you see others doing something a specific way, know that there are other ways. If you can see it and believe it in your mind and know that there's a different way to do something, don't be afraid to take those risks and don't be afraid to go out there and, and pave a different path for yourself. So it's, uh, it's really amazing. She was so inspiring. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and joining us today on the Reborn Podcast. Make sure you subscribe, give me some feedback, and uh, I will catch you guys next week. Peace.